Blog Talk Radio. Truly the Gap 2 Guru Agumbo back at it once again. Uh, as you see, we're not in the kitchen. we actually uh, on the couch tonight because I would show you, but the kitchen is getting changed around a bit. Um, doing some flooring work. So things are getting better. So improvement is always a good thing, and sometimes um, you get forced into a situation where you're a little bit more relaxed, especially when you're going to talk about a topic that we're going to get into tonight. So uh, welcome to the Gumbo Talk Show. Again, it's yours truly, the Gap to Guru of Gumbo. Um, in the house once again on a Thursday night at 8 Central Standard Time, and uh, it's it's pretty much what we call Gumbo Talk. And I, um, I'm going to tell you why I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative because you all could be listening or watching or doing something else, but you spent the time, whether it's right now live or in the near future, watching this episode, and uh, I appreciate you for spending that time. Now, tonight the topic is basically sauce. Is supposed to be seasoned. Every week, these shows that we have, these talks that we have, they pretty much are um, on par with what's going on in the world as it relates to people who think like me. I don't know. There aren't a lot of us, but some of us have quite a few things in common, and we like to really, really uh, get off on talking about things that we think are important, right? I mean, conversation does help a nation. Good conversation, you can really uh, cease wars over good conversation, right? Good communication. And one of the things about good communication is you're able to sell yourself if need be. And I don't mean sell yourself as in do anything for for clout. I mean when it comes down to it, to get somebody to understand your value, you have to um, come with a little Pizzazz. And another way you can say it is you got to have some sauce. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, people that had too much sauce were boisterous, 
flamboyant. You might even say spicy with how they got down and let the world know who they were. Some people looked at them as clowns. Most people looked at them as, you know, fair weather folks. They, 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 They would say, you know, yeah, you know, that that dude's a Mac or that dude's a pimp or that dude is this or or he's a drug dealer or he's a gambler. They'd go down through all these things, right, for people who had too much sauce. And there were always people who liked them. Then you got folks who are just flat out rich and because they don't have to do much because they got what they really came to get they they laid on the sauce because it was natural for them to be who they were rich and you'd get attention so now we got the boisterous people that get attention because of looks and then you got the people who get attention because of their their monetary value. And then you, you got a, a personality. I'm only going to break down these three, right, to kick it off, because this is not the important part. I'm just trying to give everybody an understanding where I'm coming from when we talk about sauce. So just give me a minute as I, I, I go through the definitions. Okay, so one, you, you, you're a person that either talks loud or you dress loud. Then you got the person who doesn't have to say much because their money speaks for them. And then you got the group of people who pretty much all they have is conversation. And the way they communicate is so lovely because it's coming from a place where you don't want to be or it's not necessary for you to be seen or known, nor is it necessary for you to be compensated for everything you do. But you understand the value of yourself still, and you understand um, how you fit in the world, and usually you come from a place where you're from the same place everybody else was, but it was something special about you that got you out. You're going to find people, when it comes down to personality, they call it swag. They got, they got all these other you know, names. I don't know all these young people got nowadays for having personality. All these different names, right? But out of all that, the most important thing about a person's flavor is that it's genuine. I think what we're talking about tonight where, you know, your sauce should be seasoned right. What I'm, I'm basically saying, y'all, is if after I gave you all those explanations of different ways to see sauce, to see personality, um, it, it, it boils down to this, and this is what I want to harp on a little bit tonight. And that is you have just enough, just the right amount of sauce, right? 
that your personality is not drowned out of your persona and vice versa, meaning that who you really truly are as a person comes through and out to people in how they receive you. And no matter what that is, if you're doing life, if you're, you're, you're having your goal at this world genuinely, I call it, you know, light on the salt but heavy on the spice, and you have a real flavorful um, offering to the people, just like a pizza. Um, you can mess up the pizza uh, with, with that marinara sauce, the marinara sauce, if it's way too much, I don't, man, listen, if you eat a pizza and it's got all that sauce on it, like, like you know, like it's too much sauce, it's like thick, and after they cook it, like everything just seems to be swimming in the sauce, you know, the crust kind of good, the meat real good, the cheese is stringy, you know, the edge of the, of the crust is crispy at the end, and you just want to eat the whole thing, but it's like too much sauce, right? Sometimes people does that. It's too much sauce. You um, you be like, you know what? I don't really even enjoy that. It was just too much sauce. But then you get the the pizza with, you know, just that they went around one time with the ladle, right? And they circle that thing around, and and they, and they get that that sauce on there just right, and it's thin, but the sauce is flavorful. And then when they add the meat and the cheese on it and they cook it, the crust actually gets enough crispy where you can actually just, but then the ends is crispy too, where you can enjoy the whole piece and you don't leave the crust in, right? But every bite where there's cheese, underneath there is some sauce, and it's just enough to make that pizza taste like, you know, you just want to say, uh, mama mia, um, 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 you just you just start becoming Italian, right? Same thing with spaghetti, right? Who likes spaghetti or, or or fettuccine, right? Alfredo, and it ain't enough sauce. Or oh, I could tell you the stories I know about being around people who didn't have enough sauce on their um, pasta. It's not nice, and it doesn't sit well. So at some point between not too much sauce and then not enough is a happy medium. And I'm telling y'all, again, I'm going to say it, and this is the point, because y'all know I like to be, I don't know what to call it. It's not just verbose, but I like to paint a picture with these words because what I'm trying to get you to understand is that if we are just being genuinely us, that's enough sauce. We do not have to be extra. There's no need for anybody to give you any more attention. Who you are is enough attention to who needs to pay attention to you. And everybody doesn't need to see you because, one, you could be a caterpillar, right? And everybody sees you, and especially the birds, and you are a fat meal for a predator, right? Or you are a threat to a, uh, I don't want to say predator, but a threat to another 
being and you're in a vulnerable state because all you can do is crawl slow. So there's nothing wrong with a caterpillar, but you don't want a whole bunch of attention as a caterpillar. And then when you're a butterfly, you 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 attract enough attention not only um, if, if you're doing anything that is wrong, and I'm not talking about being a legal way you gain money. That's included. But also other things like um, you're drawing attention and you are doing something funny with your taxes. <laughs> this is taxes. Um, you are low-key buy uh, things on the black market and you resell them knowing it's a crappy product. You know, whatever it is, it's just a little bit shysty and you don't really want everybody in your business. If you got too much sauce, you're going to draw attention and too much negative attention to yourself. And then vice versa, you come with somebody who has went through college four years and then did two more years of a master's and maybe a year or two out on their doctorate. And because they pretty much kept their head in a book, their personality hasn't been or hasn't had a, a chance to really sprout at all. So they're socially awkward and that social awkwardness leaves them out of a lot of opportunity because they don't come across as being genuine because it's like they're really way too awkward. Like how, how come by now you, you, you're in your mid twenties or early thirties and you haven't become cognizant of how to maneuver around people and be in crowds. And you should be able to do that by the time you're in your late twenties or thirties, early thirties, uh, to kind of get a bearing on who you're in cahoots with, who's in the, the house, who's in the area, knowing, knowing your, uh, your environment, you, you're socially awkward. That's not enough sauce. I'm talking about a fine point right in the middle. And that's when you get what the Japanese call umami. Umami. U-M-A-M-I-U-M-A-M. U-M-A-M-I. Hell, I'm sitting there. No, no. U-M-A-M. Yeah, that's right. Umami. I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm trying to get some of those. I feel like to hear more and trying to spell a word, umami. But anyway, that's the Japanese phrase for when you reach a perfect balance with seasoning. And as you use words, you always try to use your words as wise as you possibly can. And when you're speaking to people, understand where they're coming from and where you're coming from especially if you comprehend the whole conversation and who is talking more readily than anybody and you you know how you need to use your words and choose your words, which is a verbal judo. It's, it's the, the same thing. It's using you. You're, you know, when you see people, I'm reading, I'm still reading this book from um, Barack Obama called The Promised Land. And, it's long, but I am really getting a better understanding of who 
President Obama is as a man. And I am liking him even more because I did not take the time to see how much he really did for folks like me. I may not be every black person, but for some things for me and situations I've been in, it wouldn't have been possible if it didn't if it wasn't for him doing the things that he did in his presidency. And the amount of sauce y'all did y'all see that time um it was a few months ago. It was he was out of the presidency and I don't know if Joe Biden had started I'm guessing he had stated that he was running for president, but they were in this gym in Flint, maybe, or Baltimore. I think it was Flint, Michigan. And now, I don't know what they were doing up there, but I'm sure they were bringing attention to Flint. And the president said, give me the rock, and he got the rock, and he shot a three and he hit that joint. And then when he walked off smooth, he said, this is what I do, or that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. And I said, ooh, Joe, how's that? Because everybody knows when you're black and you're a man, if you can't do some kind of sport, you don't have no kind of background in any kind of sport, you, you really, it's hard-pressed to find any kind of sauce on you. Because you, you, you've been on the team or you understand the grind of getting yourself in shape um, for a task and then you become a winner, um, then it's hard for people to understand that you are, you are serious about life in general, right? So when he stepped off of that court after he hit that three smooth and said, that's what I do, I was like, this dude here got way more sauce than I thought he had. And it's not overbearing. It's definitely confident. And and that <laughs> that's what people are missing. People are missing good folks confident. Not cocky because that's too much sauce. And not like too self self deprecating. I'm having a time with these words. Umami, I couldn't spell, and now I, I couldn't even get out that word. But the point is, you, you got just the right amount of seasoning in you being genuinely you. No matter what form or shape it comes in, sauce is good. Okay. I would love to ask everybody, raise your hand if you like, you know, like a brown gravy on your steak or your pork chops when you smoke from it. Or just to go over rice, you like a little brown gravy, right? Raise your hand if you know, like, in the morning, right? Or on a Tuesday at Bell's Diner, you get a uh, some biscuits in the morning, and you go for Bell's and you get a chicken fried steak on Tuesday. Genuinely, or, or not genuinely, I'm going to say generally. Now, I know some of y'all are real kind of suspect. You get brown gravy on that. But no, you get white gravy on your biscuits, and you get white gravy on your on your chicken fried steak, or, or you have it on the side, right? Either way you want to put it. But when you get that gravy, that gravy is what makes 
them biscuits pop. And that chicken fried steak pop. What's up, Rika? What's up, BB? Rika, you don't put white gravy on pork chops, right? You put brown gravy. And then if some of y'all are really old, you might sometimes like the red-eyed gravy. You know, I don't know. I know that nobody on here knows about red-eyed gravy. But they got a thing called red-eyed gravy. You know what else? I already mentioned the marinara sauce. Um, a gravy that people sleep on is hollandaise sauce. I know some of y'all don't think that's nasty. But if you get this Eggs Benedict that I used to cook at the restaurant, um, used to work at, um, you put that hollandaise sauce on your, your Eggs Benedict. It's not bad. It's really not bad. You know, you know what else is a great sauce? Um, that, that sauce that at the Chinese restaurant, that General Souls chicken, I really like. You know the little Chinese spots in the malls? They got that bourbon chicken, that bourbon sauce. If it's not too much, and, you know, you always like to get a little bit more in the cup because they don't always scoop enough in there, and you hope that it's some real bourbon in the, in the cup. Because <laughs> your ass secretly want to get drunk, but it's too early. It was lunchtime. Because who goes and gets the, the, the Chinese spot at the mall in the evening? If you do that, you ain't got no life. I'm just telling you right now. But <laughs> um, that sauce, right, for um, <laughs> for the burger chicken in the mall. Them Asians, they have great sauces, all of them. The Malaysians, the Chinese, the Cantonese, the, the uh, what's the one, Cantonese, Chinese, Taiwanese, Oh, that's good. Japanese is good. Who doesn't like hibachi, right? Say what you want. You can eat just meat. You can eat vegetables. You can eat rice. Hibachi is good. Everybody likes the stuff grilled, right? Flat top. It's all nice. It's all nice. The sauce is amazing on that little salad that they bring. I can think with so much, and my fat ass, I can think of so many things like smothered chicken. Um, when I used to eat shrimp, I used to like the shrimp in the little sauce that we used to call a gumbo. It's okra gumbo, you know, with the um, sausages and and the uh, the tomatoes and all that. That was really a sauce in there when they cooked the tomato time. And they used to put shrimp in it. My auntie and then when I used to do that. That shrimp made me sick. I had to leave, leave off the shrimp. And then I couldn't eat the little po' boy in, in, in New Orleans. Because it had a real good roumalade sauce. Y'all ever heard of roumalade? That's a sauce. The Italians got great sauces. Goulash has a great sauce. I'm thinking of all these things, all these great foods making me hungry. Um, that <laughs> because of the sauce, y'all, it makes it. You all know where I'm going, but I'm not going to get there. Hopefully, I'll get there by the time this thing is over. Oh, we got brown gravy and onion. Oh, yeah, smother. That's why I'm talking about that smother steak. Yeah. And then you put that stuff on some rice or mashed potatoes. If you make real mashed potatoes, shout out to all the folks out there that still peel potatoes and cut them up to make real mashed potatoes or whatever you call it, cream potatoes. You know I was going there, BB. You stole, BB, you shouldn't have stole. I was waiting to the end, but see, BB made me cut it 
to it. Listen, the root for the gumbo, y'all. The root, I, 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 I can't even say no more. I, can I say no more? The root on the gumbo is one of the most rich and sought-after sauces. It is not a gravy. Gumbo is not a soup. So what is it? It's basically God's greatest creation um, that you can eat all in one pot. All the vegetables you like the most, onions, bell peppers, carrots, the celery, you know, the miroquois and the trinity, because you add them, uh, them other ingredients, you know, you put four instead of just the three. Um, then you, you got the, the meats. You got all different kinds of pork. You got the chicken. You got the shrimp, if you like that. Well, I couldn't have the shrimp and all, but, you know, crab. And then it's all suspended. The point I'm getting at is in this almost um, delicioso uh Umami is not lanyard, but the most umami sauce ever, and it floats in it. And you can scoop them shits out, and you can just eat every bite of it. Uh, uh, take away the bones and the shells on the crab. You can eat every bite of it and enjoy it. It's like a, a four or five meals in one. Greatest sauce ever known to man. But you take all that, and if you go somewhere like I often do and I mess up and I try to get a bowl of gumbo, and I know it's not in Louisiana, I already know I'm gambling. I've only been successful maybe two out of 100, 200 times I've had gumbo outside of the state of uh, Louisiana, and it was boo-boo. Not to say I haven't had boo-boo gumbo in Louisiana, I have. But the worst gumbo I've ever had was here, right here in Kilgore, Texas. I'll never forget God rest his soul, Crab, Mr. Crab. I don't remember his Crab first name. He was an old man back then, 20, 25 years ago, twenty over 20 years ago. He was an old man then. And he made gumbo and them Hamilton Negroes out of Kilgore over there in Pentecost. Them Hamilton boys, they know who they are. I hope you all share this. And anybody last name Hamilton? with them two Hamilton Negroes that lived there on Plum in Kilgore. And they took me over to Mr. Crab's house. And Mr. Crab um, made this gumbo. And, y'all, it was green. It looked like it had oatmeal in it. It had corn. And it was thick like almost, I kid you not, warm pudding. It was thick like Pudding. And the worst thing I saw of anything was hot dogs. Cut up pieces of hot dogs with the meat. And this was uh this was the gumbo. Evidently it was a little too much filet in there. Because y'all know that filet, that's that's fried, whatever. It um it thickens your gumbo and he probably put too much filet in there. It was green and thick. And them Negroes, these Hamilton Negroes. I ain't going to call a name, but I'm going to talk all about them. They sat there and said, you want a bowl of gumbo? Knowing this Negro could not cook whatsoever. And I ate that porridge 
And that just left a stain on me for not thinking that anybody in Kilgore, Texas, in Greg County, Texas, East Texas, can cook. Kilgore, you let me down. You, uh, you let me down. What did you say? I don't need a bug. No. Nobody needs a Where? Say that. Yeah, yeah. Sound like a spray. Yeah. The, I'm telling you, worst gumbo, which leads to Kilgore being some of the worst cooks. And I, I didn't do it, but that, <laughs> that's what I get for Kilgore. They don't cook. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I apologize, y'all. I do know cooks. Great. Oh, no, no. Grandpa, right? Grandpa Muscle Morgan used to cook on the uh, on 31 there on his pits. He used to make sausages and stuff. He was good. And probably the best barbecue smoked meat master I've ever known, Smokey Joe Morgan, my Uncle Joe. That's Tasha and JoJo and Elmo, Mama, I mean Daddy, Smokey Joe, best barbecue I've ever met in person and had just the right amount of sauce. I'm talking about when he cooked. There's just Uncle Joe just had a way with cooking. That was it. Those two people, that's it. That's all that came out of Kilgore, Texas that can cook. And you, uh, you know, I, I bet you, I bet you five dollars you can't find about that cook that's originally from Kilgore, Texas. And I ain't talking about Kilgore too bad, but I'm telling you, what God love, they can't cook. But the point of it is, is all those sauces that you can think of, and I probably missed a few. Let me see. What else is a good sauce? Oh, if you want to go, if you want to go there. Oh, I didn't know you was thinking a sauce like that. Yeah, that Chick-fil-A sauce is good when you get that. I don't know why they don't have that in a little tube that they can squirt on them chicken patties that just come to you dry. Best, taking, best tasting chicken sandwich on the planet. I mean, Chick-fil-A is always good and it's always best on Sundays, but that's the only day you can't get it, right? But that, that Chick-fil-A sandwich is a banger, but I wish they put that Chick-fil-A sauce, just a couple of drops of it on there. That's a damn good sauce. If you like the, the nuggets and stuff, that Polynesian sauce there is, is a banger. It's, it's hard to beat. Um, you go to um, Chipotle, they don't have the great, greatest sauces at Chipotle. But you know where you get a good sauce on your, uh, on your burrito or your sandwich? At that little, um, it's not Firehouse Grill, but it's one of those burrito, fire roll burrito spots. Um. Uh, yeah, the um, the sauce that they put on those burritos at them joints, they banging, they banging. But it's not memorable because I can't even remember the name of the place. So although it's a good sauce, it wasn't memorable. I'm gonna stop right here because if y'all think I'm still just talking about sauces, I'm really talking about people's personality. Um, in all of those things, you got different personalities, right? They, they, they start off a different way, whether they start off with drippings from in, in the oil or in the pan from when you cook some kind of meat and then you're making a sauce out of that with some flour, 
or you're making a rule or whatever you're making, um, it's, it's not all about what color it is, whether it's the brown versus white gravy thing here. It's not about um, which one is right or wrong. It's about both all those different sauces are important. And we've got to be careful when we try to lay on the sauce that we're not trying to convince somebody else to be who we are because that doesn't work for them. Like I said, there's too much sauce, and then there's not enough sauce. There's also, I guess, another category. You don't want one sauce faking and fronting as another one. Don't, don't, don't do that. Now, it's okay to buy the little packets of sauce and you use that same one on the pork chops that you do on the, on the hamburger steak. Okay, that's a brown gravy. Okay, I'm not talking about that. They taste pretty much the same. I'm talking about you're trying to convince somebody that your McCormick, I shouldn't even shout them out because they might make some money, versus your um, Super One brand gravy is better than the other one. It's a damn gravy. You got a preference of which one you like. So it's, it doesn't matter. It's still brown gravy. So you're not trying to convince somebody else that they're doing that because they may not like that. They might prefer the inexpensive one because they might think it has more flavor than the one it costs. And that's when we go back to the beginning of the show. We talk about the three big personality traits of knowing a person has got sauce is the people who want to look and talk loud to utilize their sauce. Then you got the ones that let their money do the talking to show their sauce. And then you got number three, you got the people that just have it in their heart that when they talk, they got sauce. And there's nothing else big about them. It's just you enjoy talking with certain kind of sauces. And I'm not talking down on anybody who's flamboyant with their dress, with their their talk, uh, just have to be over the top to us. But it, but it might be just how they are. There are some people genuinely that are over the top people, and it's like, well, that's a little extra. But they're always like that. It's not, it doesn't seem to be a show. They're working in their own lane, and then the folks that use money. Can you be mad at them? Imagine if you or I was born, you know, with a grand, a great grandparent that that was rich because of their parents, and then in turn made your grandparents super rich, and then they learned how to get rich on their own. And then your parents, right? I'm talking about both sets of grandparents, and both, you know, on both sides, mom and dad, they both rich, over rich, and then your parents, they got that same tenacity as the, the great-grandparent, and they're going after their riches even though they started off with, you know, 100, $150 million. You, Your money as a child of that lineage, which is what we need to strive for, that, that person's got sauce just because they come from a long line of money. And if money talks, Y'all, I can't get on the, the thing tonight if you want me to get on the uh, the line to get y'all in to listen, to, I mean, to talk. If you're out there, I can't be here tonight because I'm, I'm out of pocket a little bit. So 
forgive me if you're trying to get in and talk. We've only got about less than 10 minutes to go on the show. But back to this this whole thing with um, these individuals um, that have money, we can't be mad at them because they got money and their money talks for them. They don't have to have anything else. Why would you have a personality when you come from that long line and you just get people to do things you want because you can pay for it? And half of us are trying to get to the point where we can make so much money that we can pay for it. You know how many times, you know how many people that would love to have someone come cut their grass, but they have to cut their grass? Do you know how many people that have to wash their cars on them, themselves and they can't pay for someone to go or go through a car wash. You know how blessed we are. We've come. I mean, I remember the days where, you know, we got around with $5 in the gas tank. If it was four or five of us, we all put a dollar in. I'm talking about when I was a teenager. And $5, we could ride literally all the way into town and back. And that's, I'm talking about miles. I used to live in the country, y'all, when I grew up. And it was way out there. And um, driving to town, it's like, I'm going to say from where we went, where we lived to where we went, just to get to town was maybe 12 miles, 15. No. Yeah. Yeah, more like 15 to 20 miles. Um, To get to where we went, it was at least 20 miles. And can you imagine on $5? We got there and back, rode around a bit. Could you imagine driving, if y'all live in Longview, if you, you imagine driving, okay, this is, yo, you ain't got nothing in the gas tank, and you put $5 in your gas tank. Can you imagine driving to Marshall and then back to Longview, which is a 20, 25-minute drive, and then riding around Marshall a little bit, and then making it back to Longview on $5? I'm going to tell you all this. You can barely do that in a Honda, and I got one. I, I looked at it, $5. Now, the gas was kind of high, and it was like two twenty something But that's all I could do. That gas was empty. I would have needed to get gas if I didn't um, stop and get some with $5. So what I'm saying is, in essence, use your own Sauce. Be grateful for what you got because what you got, what we had with five dollars, it was enough. Now we sitting on five G's. I'm I'm saying that if you're not already, you need to step your game up. Um you're sitting on five G's um or fifty. That's when you're really stepping your game up. You got fifty to play with. That's money. That's that's good money to play with. But you need to have five thousand dollars to play with. And and you know how ungrateful we are with five thousand dollars. For y'all to get income tax as soon as you get it, it's gone because you see you see that money and you say I'm gonna spend it. It's, it's money that you. It's money you earned. You paid that out. Most of us, at least I do, in taxes. With my business and personal life, I pay out a lot. In taxes over the year, and I used to, I, I used to not, and I and I got hit when I got the income tax. Now I learned that let me buy what I can because I'm taking the tax off everything because I'm writing it off. Everything that I buy, it has something to do with my business because 
I'm not just a businessman. I'm a business man. People say, uh, they call, I'm trying to reach the mobile motor. I say, this is he. <laughs> this is he. The point is, I'm not trying to be anybody else but me. I know that you've got to save. You've got to save. No matter what you're doing, um, if, you, if your sauce ain't saving you nothing, if it's not making you nothing, it's kind of like that video I shared with some of y'all on Instagram. Is this a conversation about money? Is this anything that's going to help me? Is this going to benefit me at all? In this conversation, are you going to win or I'm going to win the conversation? Okay, if it's not about money, right? You know what? We ain't got nothing to talk about. I can't remember how it all went, but y'all, y'all have seen that video. If not, I'll share it on the Gumbo Talk Show page. But it's it's a little snippet, a little meme, a little gif, whatever, but it's got verbal um, sound to it. But it's basically, man, if you ain't talking about nothing, um, don't talk about it at all. And then that going to save you a lot of time and, and anguish with other people and wasting their time if you're not willing to offer anything. And, and that's what sauce does to all these dishes that I'm talking about, um, all these things that I might or might not try to eat tonight. Um, you know, the point is greatness is in you. It's just about you learning how to turn on the just right amount of you to give to folks. It's important that you give you genuinely to people because being you and making it, making it work and people to towards you to help you get to the next level in life, um, to help you really reach the maximum potential that you have as an individual on this earth with all that God has given you all the gifts he's given you with the talents that you've learned and with the knowledge that you've attained um, to, to when you walk around, be genuinely you. You know, how, you know how great it is when I see people that they wear a hairstyle that fits them. And it's like when you see them, you know that's, that's the hairstyle. That, that's what I expect from them. If I grew dreadlocks, knowing I'm balding, up here. I've been balding since I was 16. Alopecia or, or hereditary or what? I've been balding since I was 16, all in this area right here. What if I started growing dreads over here on the side? What not? And I grew dreads out long. I know some of y'all, you'd be like, oh, that would be cool, dreads. And then some of y'all would be like, mm, you wouldn't look right with the cul de sac and then a bunch of dreads hanging off around the cul de sac. You wouldn't look right, bro. And I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. But what I'm going to do is keep on living and being me and not being apologetic um, all the time for being me. I'm going to be unapologetically me. And the amount of sauce I give is actually me. And I don't have to be like anybody else. And it's important for me to be me because me being who I am is being genuine. And if I turn on too much of me, it's probably because I'm in, a, in an emotionally vulnerable state. And that shouldn't be so, but it is true. We all often have those episodes in life. With that being said, I still got to be genuinely me through those times, even when I'm not okay. And I'm being able to just be me. And I come through 
and I add something to this world that's the entree. So when I come with my sauce, that's the most important thing, is when you come with yours so that we're not crossing over one another trying to be anybody else but us, but also we're adding something to the main dish, the entree, which is life, so that the, the dash that we're left with is going to be all about our, our alpha and our omega. 